Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, Geico's saving stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, Indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me 
K-I-R-P show is going to be about a, uh, another national story. It's funny. When I think about the show, 
uh, I normally think about doing uh, state issues or uh, some other issues is just a ton of historical things you could always look at that explains the current political landscape better. Uh, if you really, if you don't understand history, you really can't. You can't really grasp what's going on, in my opinion. But then I always get caught up in uh, the heat of the moment, so to speak, when there is a big story. And this story about Obamacare not getting repealed, of course, the official name to Obamacare was the PPACA, uh, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Like most major pieces of legislation that come out of Washington, D.C., D.C., not really meaning the District of Columbia, but the District of Criminals, most of the major legislation that comes out of D.C. is always designed to confuse, deflect, uh, misdirect, and uh, deny what really is going on. For example, the Patriot Act has nothing to do with patriotism nothing to do whatsoever. Uh, they never call what it is because if they called legislation what it was, it wouldn't be popular and probably wouldn't pass. Probably wouldn't pass. I mean, the Patriot Act was really the how how to transform America incrementally into a police state act. Yes, that's what it was. So the so-called Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, popularly known as Obamacare, should have been called the Patient Destruction and Incrementally uh, destroy the health care act that that's what it should have been called yeah, how the, the how to how to harm patients how to uh continually harm patients over time and eventually destroy the health care of, of of america that's what it should have been called but then it would not have passed and as nancy pelosi famously said at the time we have to pass it to find out what's in it well we found out a lot of what's in it. Uh, it There's two different versions: the House version and uh, version that the version actually passed. Horrific piece of legislation, and uh, we may have a guest later on that, correct, that could correct me. But I believe, in addition to Obamacare, and this is common with big legislation. It's not just the legislation that's passed; it's the administrative burden. That, that is passed with the legislation. Let me explain. For every piece of legislation, I think for every page in Obamacare, that would involve an additional, I believe, I could be wrong, about three pages of administration that goes into place that has to be followed. So as bad as anything as big and horrific as Obamacare is, people don't even talk about then the administrative burden was created to then enforce it, which is horrific. But of course, there would be nothing to enforce if, if it wasn't passed in the first place. This this story this story is is an excellent story to cover on on the show for this reason. There's so many angles to it, but the main thing to take away, if you remember one thing for tonight's this: the failure to repeal Obamacare by the GOP illustrates the inherent corruption of the two-party system. And I'll explain that. The failure to repeal Obamacare by the Republican-controlled Congress. The Republicans have a majority control in the House of Representatives. The Republicans have a majority control in the United States Senate. And obviously the Republicans control the White House with Donald J. Trump being our president. With the Donald being Mr. President, Again, there, there's obviously no excuse for the republic to ask what they want at will. Really, really is that simple. And 
again, if I'm, I'm not going, not discussing Supreme Court nominations, and you talk about you know the nuclear option and all they play this game as far as closure, where you need 60 votes instead of a simple majority uh, before you get an up or down vote. And of course, you know the Republicans could eliminate that also. They call it the so-called nuclear option, which shouldn't it shouldn't even exist. I mean, let's just face it: the idea is profoundly is profoundly corrupt and filthy that you claim you need a majority vote to pass a law, yet you need 60 votes in the Senate, there's 100 votes, to, to before you get that up and down door for majority. It's, it's, it's completely immoral. But again, this is, this is the two-party system, and I'll explain throughout, I'll explain throughout the show how this failure to repeal Obamacare, the official name, the Patient Protection and Affordable, Affordable Care Act, again, which should be called the Patient Destruction and Unaffordable Care Act, uh, it illustrates in a, in a very, very succinct way the inherent corrupt nature of the two-party system. The reality is we do not have – we have two parties name only. People like to say rhinos or Republican name only. And that's, it, it's a funny statement because – and it really is – it really is uh, – that's a distorted statement. It really is – that's really a misnomer. It's, it's the whole idea of a rhino is ridiculous because what that means is that they're saying if a Republican votes – the way that they would generally be conceived as liberal than these Republican name only. But the reality is both parties have the same agenda. Surprise, surprise. That's why nothing in a major sense ever really changes. Both parties have the same agenda. What's the difference in the parties? The difference in the parties is the marketing, the packaging, the labeling, the rhetoric. It's the words they use, but they're committed philosophically and practically to the exact same positions, and that's why nothing in the majority sense changes. And the failure to repeal Obamacare illustrates that very, again, I said very succinctly, very quickly. You can see that it's a beautiful illustration of how the two-party system is complete and total and utter fraud. It's complete and total and utter fraud. When we look when we look at what happened, uh, you look at the history of Obamacare. Obamacare was passed in March of 2010. It was passed in March 2010, and uh, remember the Supreme Court in, invented that was in that was in 2012. Okay, that was in 2012. The Supreme Court invented this right for Obamacare to be. Be legal, and the way it was. Remember Justice Roberts, and I won't get into Roberts' background at the time. Uh, but first off, obviously, it's not in Article One, Section Eight. There is no federal authority over health care. Boom, should, should be over. So if the Supreme Court ruled based upon the simple, original intent of the federal Constitution, it became over. And of course, that would mean yeah, Medicare would have gotten struck, struck down a long time ago, as it should have. Uh, yeah, Medicaid, as it should have, a very, very long time ago. But they do not respect the compact, and this is to a large degree while we are where we are. But the Supreme Court at the time found a right to Obamacare by saying it was a tax. And then the stories had come out uh, after the fact about how much the Republicans had lied, that you had people like Jonathan Gruber from MIT, from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, one of the main architects of Obamacare, uh, came out. That of course they knew it was a tax, and uh, and Gruber was saying yeah, he was that arrogant. He was he, uh, one one activist uh, looked up. He found he found the public speech where Gruber, <laughs> Gruber basically said just call it whatever on the stupidity or the ignorance of the American voters that you know we just we can't say it's a tax. They won't realize that. So of course they knew that it was it was all duplicitous. And had the Republicans said that at the time, uh, it 
probably I'm pretty confident would not have passed. Would not have passed. But it was all again it was all theater. Think about DC, uh, the District of Criminals. Think about theater. You know, a lot of people like a good movie. Okay. The the problem with with the drama in DC is that it's theater in that uh, they're acting, but the repercussions are real. <laughs> involves involves our money, involves our liberties. <laughs> uh, that that's the thing that's not funny. But they are uh, they they are they are acting like you know the vast majority of the time. You might you might have been familiar with the phrase uh, repeal and replace Obamacare. To the best of my knowledge, that that came into vogue after the Supreme Court invented this right to Obamacare. When a Roberts Republican appointee, Supreme Court, uh, the Chief Justice appointed by George W. Bush, when they invent their Obamacare's attacks, uh, immediately then will admit Romney, who's running for president, then said, "Okay, we're going to repeal and replace it." So that became the mantra then. That that became the catchphrase. You you couldn't just repeal it. That then those the, the you know the Republicans then said you had to replace it. Okay, you had to replace it. And, and what's what's implied in that? I mean, what, what's the presupposition? In other words, is that there's a pre-understanding. There, there, there's a, there's an understanding beforehand that you have to grasp for why then they start to say, high-level Republicans, it wasn't just repeal Obamacare anymore. It was repeal and replace. And th- this was the key presupposition. And this, again, illustrates how the two parties are, are essentially the same philosophically. If you believe, if if you if you believe the notion that health care is under the auspices of the federal government, then you might just not want to repeal Obamacare. Then you believe it's the duty, uh, it's the responsibility of the government to replace with something. Okay. Uh, I never accepted. Yeah, I don't accept that premise. As I already said, it's not. You take you take the Constitution at face value. It's not there. It should be that simple. But when we have the three branches of the federal government: legislative, legislative, Congress, executive, the office of the president, the presidential administration, regardless of who's in power, and uh, the courts, the federal courts, including the Supreme Court, when they all, in a majority sense, deny the simple original intent of the Constitution. In fact, they're all oath breakers. You get things, you get many, many, many problems. And the one we're discussing tonight is Obamacare. So we'll admit Romney then on the campaign trail came about, you know, he wanted to repeal and replace Obamacare. So that became the mantra, that be, that became uh, that became what they said. What, what happened? What happened uh, from... 2010, March of 2010, when Obamacare was passed till today. What happened before Donald J. Trump was elected in uh, 2016 and before the Republicans then controlled both the House and Senate? Remember, under Obama, uh, I don't know if it was all eight years, but uh, the Republicans controlled the House, and all spending originates in the House. And they could have they could have defunded Obamacare, but they never did, so they've shown they were frauds. Now, the, you know, the 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 mask is even more off of just how ridiculous it is that's not repealed. But the uh, depending upon how you count it, okay, it's, it depend, depends upon how you count what you consider the legislation was. The, the GOP GOP Congress voted anywhere from six to seventy-four times to repeal Obamacare. When I say repeal, it would be you could say at least six times for a full repeal, then up to seventy-four times to either defund it or weaken it. 
up to 74 times. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of the neoliberals like Huffington Post, they're delighting in that, which you know, real conservatives should also basically use this fact to shame those in the House to, to, to sh- and, uh, and the Senate who want to support this Obamacare light. And yeah, thanks, yeah, kadoos, kadoos to Rand Paul, hat tip to Rand Paul, for using the phrase, the current bill as Obamacare light. That's what it is. Uh, but it, it, it's amazing when you think about that. Full repeal, they voted six times, and to either defund it, which they were never serious about anyway, or weaken it up to 74 times. Uh, the Huffington Post noted in a video I'll play, over the last six years, House Republicans voted 74 times to defund, delay, or repeal all parts of the Affordable Care Act, vowing to do the same under President Donald Trump. But even with Republicans controlling the House Senate and White House, their American Health Care Act still didn't have the votes needed to pass. The American Health Care Act, that's Obamacare light. If if they weren't corrupt, it's real simple. What should have happened is very, very it's it's pain it, it's painlessly simple. What should have happened? They would have simply repealed it, and then, and then, if if you want to believe in the power of the state to be involved, and they shouldn't be involved. Again, yeah, simple free market measure. Okay, the Congress could do; they refuse to. Simple free market measure, and this was not in Obamacare light. This wasn't in Ryan's American Health Care Act. Or if you, yeah, it wouldn't be. It would also be fair to call it Trump, uh, Trump Care. That would be fair also. Uh, what was not in Obamacare late, aka Trump Care, aka the American Health Care Act, they did not remove the barriers from competition across the states. In other words, one insurer in one state should be able to compete any state they want to. Period. That alone, that alone, would would bring health care costs down. But it's not about the free market, and sad to say, it's painful. It should be obvious now to you. It's not and never was about helping the American consumer and never was about helping helping, uh, helping our health care. It was never about that. It was never, ever about that. So we go from uh, seven to 74 times to fully repeal the fund or weaken Obamacare. Now you've got the GOP control, GOP control of both houses and the presidency. And they can't deliver. Why? Because they're corrupt. Because they never wanted it to go away. It's that simple. Once again, all they had to do was vote on one of the previous bills that they voted for what some honest representatives in the House on this issue called the clean repeal. In other words, a clean repeal, in other words, you pass a very simple piece of legislation. We're talking less than a paragraph saying we're going to repeal Obamacare. And, and essentially return to what was what it was like before Obamacare. Then, again, if you want to meddle, which you should, obviously you know I shouldn't, uh, if you still believe the state should be involved with with health care, and, and if you still believe that this, that the federal government being more involved is going to make things better and not worse, and of course I believe I'm fully convinced both practically, philosophically, and certainly legally with the Constitution would would make it worse. But if you really believe that. You do a clean repeal first, and then, in the light of day, you have a serious debate on exactly what you want to do. It's that simple. But, but the fact they won't do that reveals There's one guy, one interesting fellow here, uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, Jim. K I R P. Radio.
When you're looking for real truth, real talk radio, make sure you log on to KIRPRadioShow.com. Sunday nights live, 8 p.m. with your host. K-I-R-P Radio! This is Last Friday Night's Live with Rocco P and the K-I-R-P Radio Show. Please forgive me some technical difficulties. Uh, talking about the failure to repeal Obamacare. And I had mentioned this idea that you had to replace it at the same time you repealed it is a fraud. There's a video I was playing from Jim Jordan from Ohio. I'm going to go back and play that video. And this is before Ryan had pulled the bill. But what happens in D.C. often, this is the case with uh, Obamacare not getting repealed. The powers that be always want you to think it's not as simple. Like you can't just look. If you're talking about the Constitution, you can't just look at Article 1, Section 8 and say, well, uh, there's no authority for that. We shouldn't do it. But here, Jim Jordan is just talking about the simplicity about why they can't do a clean repeal as they had voted beforehand. Is to make certain that this does not increase the cost to the federal government. So let's go to the Hill and bring in a member of the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. He's a co-founder of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus and served as its first chairman. Congressman, uh, this is sort of old as the hills as it goes in yeah. Congress. We yeah. always knew when they were trying to pass something biased because they drafted in secret. Then drop it, say we're going to sign it, mark it up in committee tomorrow, and then we're going to vote on it next week. I mean, that's well, that's. They're going to vote on it. They may vote on it today. Maybe. You know, I mean, well, I mean, so I mean, this is this is no way to not only pass health care, but no. any legislation, especially legislation you call Obamacare light. What are you going to do to stop it? Well, look, it, it, you're, you're right. It came out 36 hours ago, and, and they're going to mark it up and vote on it in committee today. And the American people have only seen it 36, for 36 hours. They, their representatives have only seen it for 36 hours. So let's do this right, and more importantly, let's do what we told the voters we're going to do. That's why today I'll be introducing legislation which just says clean repeal. Let's vote on the exact same thing 15 months ago. Every single Republican in the House, every single Republican in the Senate voted on. We put it on President Obama's desk. Of course, he vetoed it. But let's put that same legislation on President Trump's desk and then work on the replacement model that will actually bring down that cost of insurance. I don't think the plan they introduced yesterday is going to bring down the cost for working class and middle class families. So, Congressman, how many conservative members do you think you have with you? Obviously. Heritage is on your side. Uh, Freedom Works is on your side. How many conservative Republicans do you have with you right now? Every conservative group out there is opposed to this legislation because, as I said yesterday and others have said, I think it's Obamacare in a different form because we didn't tell the voters we were going to repeal Obamacare but keep some of the Obamacare taxes. We didn't tell the voters we were going to repeal Obamacare but keep and extend Medicaid expansion. And we certainly didn't tell the voters we were going to repeal Obamacare but start a new entitlement with this bill. Does it pass if it goes on the floor? I don't think it could pass today. I mean, we had our meeting last night with the House Freedom Caucus, and the opposition in there was strong to this legislation. So this needs to be changed in a dramatic way for it to have a chance to pass, in my judgment. But the simplest thing to do is what unites Republicans. Pass the clean repeal. We all just voted for that a few months ago. And, and, and again, this is what Americans hate. 
we, we campaign on one thing and then we get here and say, oh, we can't do what we campaigned on. We really can't do a clean repeal and then replace it with something that's going to bring down the cost. We've got to mush it all together and do some different form of Obamacare. That's what the American voters hate. Let's do what we told them we were going to do. Let's do what they sent us here to do and what they expect us to do. So, Congressman, we just had Secretary Price, uh, we played a clip, and he said uh, what yeah. this bill would do, proposed bill would do, is no increase in cost to the federal government. When you're buying a washing machine or a car, you want to know what the cost is. So, has anybody told you what the cost of this bill is? What's the cost? We don't know because CBO has no score, and I'm not, you know, but, but put that aside for a second. Even if you don't have the CBO score, look at the four corners of the document, read what it says. I think it's not going to bring down the cost of premiums for working class and middle class families. That's why I oppose it. I, don't, I think it's Obamacare, as I've said, Obamacare in a different form. That's why I oppose it. But it would also be nice to have a score. I can't believe the score won't be high because when you're extending and expanding the medication, uh, Medicaid expansion, when you're starting this new entitlement called Advanceable Refundable Tax Credits, when you're doing all that, I've got to believe that's a cost to the federal government. But apart from that, just look at what it does. It keeps the federal government in control of, of, of how this thing works, the exchange and that sort of thing. That's the wrong approach because we've seen how bad yeah. Obamacare has been for the American people the last six years. Mark, uh, Congressman, deconstruct this for your, your constituents back in Ohio and for the viewers of this show. Why are Paul Ryan and Mike Pence, two people with long records, longer than yours, I think, of supporting conservative health care reform, just because they've been around longer, why are they supporting this if it's so unconservative? You know, you'd have to talk to them about that. All I know is what, what, I've, what I've told you about what the legislation does. Uh, we have a, you know, kind of a cross-section of, of views in our conference that could be driven by that. Why are they doing it? Why, why are they trying to appease the Senate? Are they not as conservative as you on health care reform? Why are they supporting it? I'll let you draw that conclusion. I do know that there's, what, four senators that came out yesterday and want to make sure this Medicaid expansion is there and actually extended and, and, and expanded even more uh, based on the letter we got from, uh, or we saw from four senators yesterday. So it could be all that. But again, I come back to the simple thing. What did we tell the voters we we're going to do? You know, we make this job way too complicated. You're supposed to do what you told them you were going to do, do what they elected you. When they gave us the privilege to serve, we're supposed to do what we told them we were going to do when they gave us that privilege. So let's do that. The simplest and most direct way, and the thing that unites Republicans, is clean repeal. After all, every single one of us voted for it just 15 months ago. Yeah. So clean repeal. Then we can have the debate on what should be in replacement. And then for, 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 for the senators who sent the letter yesterday and those of us in the conservative, we, we, can, we can work that out. But yep. let's do clean repeal first, and that's what we're introducing today. Steve Ratner. But then after clean repeal, as you know, there are 26 million Americans participating in Obamacare. So after clean repeal, what would your replacement plan look like to deal with these 26 million people? It would put in place policies that will bring back affordable insurance. That's the big problem right now. If people can afford the premiums, they can't afford the deductibles. Fewer choices, higher costs is what Obamacare has given us. We want those policies like expanded health savings accounts, interstate shopping, easier formation of association health plans, tax deductibility on the individual market side so that you begin to equalize treatment for folks who get their insurance in the individual market with those who get employer-sponsored plan insurance. So that's what we want to do. Those kind of things will bring down the cost. And most importantly, you get at all the regulations which, which drove up the cost of insurance. Never uh, forget uh, what Obamacare did. It said mandates, taxes, and, and regulations drove up the cost of insurance, told every American you have to buy it, and if you don't, there's a penalty. That's what we have to get away from. You know, Congressman, I just don't know how any real conservative can vote for a bill that affects one-sixth of the economy and one-half of the federal budget. 
without knowing how much it costs. I mean, we yep. would absolutely destroy Democrats politically if they ever did it. Thank you so much for being with us, you Congressman. Bet. Thank you. Good luck, and uh, we hope uh, to see you on the show uh, in the next few days for follow up. All right. Jim Jordan, Republican from the House in Ohio, uh, talking in very simple terms and common sense. They had voted for a clean repeal. In other words, to just get rid of Obamacare. Now, think about that in Jim Jordan. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want to attack Pence when he was asking, you know, you know why why is Vice President Pence support this? And the reality is the fact that they can't do a clean repeal exposes the sheer and blatant corruption and hypocrisy of the majority of the Republicans in Congress. It's that simple. And the same thing the same thing with Donald J. Trump, President Trump. The sheer and utter hypocrisy and duplicity. Yeah, you know, hypocrisy was the simple definition. The same one thing and do another. You know, Trump said when he was on the campaign trail, and again he was he was all over the place on a lot of issues, but he, he had said the first thing he was gonna do, first thing was repeal Obamacare. And then when that came up, uh, you know, his, his, uh, you know, his surrogate, his press secretary, Sean Spicer, you know, his total GOP establishment creature came over with Priebus. Like, oh, no, well, you know, he, was answered, he was asking why, why, why it was going to take a while. Oh, well, it's, it's a big piece of legislation. You know, it takes a lot of time. It's like, oh, back up, back up, back up. If the press corps wasn't corrupt, the simple question would have been, you said you're going to repeal it. If Republicans really, truly, and honestly, want to repeal it, just repeal it and then and then discuss and have a debate upon what you want to replace it with. But no, they have to make it a package deal because, number one, as I said already, it's blatantly obvious now they never want to repeal it. Okay, they, they put, as Jim Jordan said, they put a clean repeal on Obama's desk. They voted at least six times for a simple repeal. And when you look at the times, they just want to defund it. Or weaken it, yes, over 70. All right, it's it's there. So why? It's very simple now to understand what happened, to see the inherent corruption of the Republicans as representative of the two-party system. They vote on a bill to completely repeal Obamacare. When Obama is in office, knowing full well he would never sign it, okay, he would veto it. Then when they have the opportunity to do it under Trump, they refuse to do so. And then, then the duplicity is obvious. Then they kick in. Then now they say they have to combine it with the replacement. And <laughs> and some Republicans even said, I I pulled some, I didn't didn't pull pull up the the, uh, the article. Some Republicans even said along the way, that's a repair of Obamacare. It's not even replace. It's it's a repair essentially what this is, and that's why Jim Jordan and Rand Paul correctly called it Obamacare light. Obamacare light. Uh, to explain, this this was a really interesting piece, uh, to explain just how easy, you know, what, what we're talking about here. One, uh, one congressman, Representative Mo Brooks, Republican from Alabama, okay, he filed a piece. I didn't look at, at Jordan's piece, the, the clean repeal in the past. It was probably similar, but he, he filed a one-sentence bill to repeal Obamacare. Okay, this this piece was published on March 27th. This was in the Resurgent.com, that's affiliated with Red State. Okay, I'll read from that. Representative Mo, Mo Brooks, Republican from the 5th Congressional District in Alabama, has filed a one-sentence bill to completely repeal Obamacare. The bill entitled the, quote, 
Obamacare Repeal Act, end quote, simply reads, and this, is, this is the text of, of the bill, effective as of December 31st, 2017, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act is repealed, and they put in public law 111-148. The Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act is repealed, and the provisions of law amended or repealed by such act are restored or revived as if such act had not been enacted. Boom! Did you get that? Did you get that? It's That's a clean repeal, and it stresses to make it completely unambiguous. And the provisions of law amended or, or repealed by such act, by Obamacare, or the Patient, the patient destruction, destruction and Unaffordable Care Act, and the provisions of law amended or repealed by such act are restored or revived as if such act had not been enacted. <laughs> so that would they pass that, and then that gives Congress until the end of the year on you know what they want to do, since you know, they're statist and they're fixated on involving the government, something that, that, that the federal government shouldn't be involved with at all. So it is I, – I chose the topic tonight again to see how clear this is. The Republicans had voted at least six times for a full repeal. Over 70 times when you, you throw in attempts to the fund, which they weren't serious because they could have done it in the House. Again, all all revenue bills originating in the House, they could have defunded it. They refused to do so. But now it's even more. The mask is further off. They're, they're further exposed as complete and utter hypocrites. What, what the American people need to do is never vote for Ryan or anyone else that wants this Obamacare right. The same thing goes with Trump. I mean, you know, Trump... Trump has exposed himself. Trump, Trump has attacked the Freedom Caucus members. That's what he's done. Yeah, he's threatened them more than once, uh, saying yeah he, he'd go after them in uh, in midterm elections in 2018. Now, if Trump was real, and of course he's not. Yeah, he, he's a fraud. I mean, this this is this is Trump. If you had any question about Trump before this, okay, and and I said before on the show I did vote for Donald J. Trump. Okay, I uh, I had not voted for a major party candidate for president since 2000. Okay, Trump, Trump was the first one in a while. If if there's any question in your mind, just just fixate on this. Trump ran as an outsider, and to his credit, that was true, and that outsider meaning uh, he wasn't outside the realm of money and power, but he was outside the realm of politics. The guy had never run for any any office ever at any level. So, yeah, Trump, Trump was real. He could say, and it was true, he did run as a legitimate outsider, unlike someone like George W. Bush. When George W. Bush ran, he was governor of Texas. He was already entrenched in the system. Remember, there's only 50 governors, so careful who they let become the governor who's selected for those posts. But then George W. Bush, in the year 2000, it was it was, it was was funny to me then, even though I voted for him. It's funny. He ran around, and he said, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm against those Washington insiders. He said, I'm not one of those Washington insiders. No, he, he wasn't a Washington insider. It's, it's true. He had run for Congress once and lost. But I, a lot of people could say that their father was vice president for eight years, president for four years, and before that, director of central intelligence. But George George W. himself, no, he wasn't he wasn't Washington insider. So, so Trump, you know, you know, the Trumpster runs as an outsider, and that part was true. He's all over the map. Uh, in a lot of areas when he's running, was consistent in some areas, repealing Obamacare is one of them. Now he's got now he's got the bully pulpit. 
he, he's got the president's desk administration. Who does he go after? He could he could turn his Twitter fury on Ryan and demand that they do a clean repeal. But no, no, no. Trump is part of the problem. He's he's he's, he's clearly he's clearly corrupt here. Instead of using the power that he could use to get the American people and the Republican base in particular infuriated at Ryan and the establishment for not passing a clean repeal, he unleashes he unleashes on the Freedom Caucus. That's what he did. Uh it had come out this was a piece uh this this was a piece that World Net Daily published uh four days back. It was called Spicer. You know, Sean Spicer, White House press secretary, Trump surrogate. Trump thought House Health Bill was bad deal. And this is classic Trump talking out of both sides of his mouth. Okay. Uh, I'll quote from that piece. Despite his support for the failed House health care bill, President Trump knew when to walk away from a bad deal, according to White House spokesman Sean Spicer. At the daily briefing Monday, Spicer was asked if the president could still work with the conservative House Freedom Caucus, which led the opposition to the American Health Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare Light. On Sunday, Trump Trump had blamed on the Freedom Caucus for the bill's failure. This was his tweet last Sunday. Democrats were smiling in D.C. that the Freedom Caucus with the help of Club Club for Growth and Heritage, have saved Planned Parenthood, have saved Planned Parenthood no care. Okay, do, do you see that mind control there? He, he not only gets behind this filthy bill, you know, this abominable piece uh, piece of trash, filthy bill. He not only gets behind Obamacare light. He then has the audacity to say that you know. To, to try to try and you know deceive the base and manipulate the base to say Democrats are smiling, and then you know the problem is that the Freedom Caucus, helped by Club for Growth and Heritage Heritage Foundation, has saved Planned Parenthood and Obamacare. And, uh, the uh, for all that could be said, and I'm not a fan for Club for Growth, I'm not a fan for Heritage Foundation, but to say that th- those those uh, political organizations. And the Freedom Caucus, you know, the House members of the Freedom Caucus, that they wanted to save Planned Parenthood and Obamacare, you know, it's preposterous. They they didn't oppose Obamacare light because they support Planned Parenthood and Obamacare. That they, they opposed Obamacare light because it is Obamacare light because it because it's a filthy piece of legislation. It's trash, <laughs> and it doesn't fix the problem. Case closed. It really it really is that simple. But this is this again. This shows how Trump, Trump is just, you know, to his credit, I mean, he's a master politician. Uh, and again, when you're voting, when you got a guy who's, who's, you know, a former reality TV show star for president, you know, this is, this is the type of thing that's going to go on all the time. He spins on that. But then, 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 then Trump says, well, uh, through Spicer, it was kind of a bad deal. Spicer said Monday is back to WNDP. Spicer said Monday that working with the caucus in the future depends on the legislation and then offered new insight into the president's thinking about the bill House Speaker Paul Ryan promoted as a repeal of Obamacare. Quote, the president also recognized that when there's not a deal to be made, then when to walk away, Spicer told reports. It's not just about making deals. It's knowing when to, it's, it's knowing when to walk away from deals and knowing that when there's a bad deal, that's the only solution. Yeah. Or uh, so... If it was a bad deal, why did Trump go to Twitter and trash the House Freedom Caucus and then blatantly lie and misrepresent them for saying that they didn't support Obamacare light because they support 
because they want support plan parenthood and they liked Obamacare. You know, this is that's classic Trump. That's a classic mind control being on both sides of the issue. That that's being on both sides of the issue. And then uh Spicer went on. I think the president understood that where we were, that while you can get a deal deal at the time, that sometimes a bad deal is worse than getting a deal, which is a complete and total lie. Because if that was the case, Trump Trump would have used his power to, to oppose the deal, and instead he was trying to intimidate people, saying he was going to primary him <laughs> if they didn't support it. And Spicer went on, and I think he smartly recognized that what was on the table was not going to be keeping with the vision that he had, and so he decided that was not the time, and that the deal was not at hand. Total, 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 total lie. Complete, complete deception, complete manipulation. But this is what happens. I mean, both parties do it. People identify emotionally with, you know, with the party in power or or, or the president, and uh, they uh, they just <laughs> they they don't see yet. Yeah, they just don't see the utter hypocrisy on this. And this, this is just anecdotal well throughout now along those lines as far as the manipulation, the manipulation of of the base of both parties one way or the other. People on Facebook, you know, people that, that you know, would identify as Republican conservatives, uh, anti-establishment Republican conservatives, Trump fans, they, they were blasting Paul Ryan about this bill. And there's, there's nothing about Trump. There's, there's no no criticism about Trump. No criticism whatsoever about Trump. Uh, there's another piece that came out. It was an anti-media called Trump Ignites Republican Civil War. Now I'll read from that piece. Anti-media is a great site. Uh, it's real activist-driven, kind of like activist post. And this is written by Alice Alice. This came out yesterday. President Donald Trump continues to use Twitter to vent his frustrations. And on Thursday, he used the social media platform to attack members of his own party, urging Republicans to fight members of the House Freedom Caucus, a congressional group consisting of members who lean more conservative than their peers. The president added that these lawmakers will hurt the entire Republican agenda if they don't get on the team and fast. Immediately after the president issued that threat, Freedom Caucus member Justin Ramash, a Republican representative from Michigan, hit back, attacking Trump for failing to keep his promise to drain the swamp. Uh, we and Amash tweeted, "We're revolutionizing." Uh, uh, Amash tweeted, "What do you say?" Uh, it didn't take long for the for the swamp to drain Trump. Freeman Caucus members hit back after Trump threat. <laughs> Representative Ted Yoho, Republican from Florida, also responded to the president, saying it was unfortunate he had used the widely popular online platform Twitter to claim the most conservative Republicans in Washington were actually hurting the Republican agenda. We're not fighting the president. We're trying to honor what we ran on, Yoho told MSNBC. And that, again, was stressed by, if you remember, that, that's another reason I appreciate the piece by Jim Jordan, Republican rep from Ohio, when he got up there and just said, look, we were, we were mean Republicans in large part, part of the platform, part of why they were, they were elected or reelected was to get rid of, to put an end to Obamacare. And then Jordan also said, using simple logic, uh, the one thing that should unite Republicans, I said should, he said, he said does, would be to, I think maybe he said should, would be a simple repeal of Obamacare. But once again, because we're not, de- we're dealing with 
a two-party system that's inherently corrupt, that's philosophically committed to the same agenda. They don't want that clean repeal. Okay, they want to make it a package deal. So there is no debate about what's in it. It's that simple. Representative Tom, Thomas Massey, another stand-up guy in the House, Republican from Kentucky, who's not a member of the House Freedom Caucus, also took took to Twitter to defy the commander of the Twitter, the uh, tweeter in chief, saying Trump's decision to go after Republicans proved he had become quite comfortable in Washington D.C. swamp. And what Massey said was, "It's a swamp, not a hot tub." <laughs> Adding that the health care plan Trump supported polled poorly, Massey demonstrated why many conservatives refused to support the bill, which was introduced by Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. After the very public back and forth, Ryan tried to intervene on the side of the president, saying he's just frustrated. Trump has enough reasons to be angry at conservatives who lean towards a more traditional approach to public policy. After all, the more conservative in this sense, the less interventionist the lawmaker tends to be. As a result, these lawmakers tend to reject policies that align with big spending, military-loving establishment Republicans, and that just won't fly in Trump's vision for America. If members of the House Freedom Caucus and non-members in Massey's claim remain as brave as they have appeared in the short period Trump has occupied the White House, this won't be the last time we're hearing from these freedom lovers. They might even back some very, very bad policies and help keep Trump busy throwing shade on Twitter. This is what Trump, another thing Trump uh, uh, tweeted. If Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, and Raul Labrador would get on board, we would have both great health care and massive tax cuts and reform. Again, that's a complete lie, because this bill is an abominable piece of trash. It's Obamacare light. Uh, Massive tax cuts he could do, if he wanted to do them. And then, what does he mean by reform? (laughs) Uh, And then, and then Trump also tweeted, where are Mark Meadows, where Representative Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, and Raul, Raul Labrador's repeal and replace Obamacare? Uh, well, I think we know it. It's, it's, they want a clean repeal, which is what they voted on six times. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really easy. But this is what happens when uh, you get emotionally caught up in the two-party system. You identify with a person, and you don't think through those issues. I'm uh, going to take a break now. I'll come back, and there's there's so much to this angle, but you get you get the general you get the, you get the big picture here, the failure of the GOP Congress under President Donald J. Trump to repeal Obamacare reveals the inherent corruption of the two-party system that they are working they are working the same they work for the same agenda. You look the two-party system is life flipping a coin heads I win tails you lose. <laughs> Heads, the New World Order wins, tails, the people lose. That, that's what we're dealing with. And that's the one good thing to come out of this debate, uh, is that people, and I'm sure it's a lot of people that vote for Trump, they have to admit now, again, hopefully they, they could they could, they could fight the emotional programming and realize, yeah, Trump is corrupt. Trump is part of the problem. Trump is not on the side of the people. Uh, he, he's just not. If he was, he'd use his power to go after Ryan and the establishment, and he'd, he'd embarrass them, demand the full re, demand the clean repeal, and he could even threaten Ryan and the others with primarying them if they won't do what they already voted on, and he'd call them hypocrites, but it's not, because Trump is owned. Trump is owned. <laughs> Trump's had to say is owned. I'll take a break now. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? 
What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization, killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. K-I-R-P Radio! Last Friday nights on the KIRP radio show. Last Friday night of the month with Rocco P on the KIRP radio show. I have been discussing how the failure to repeal Obamacare exposes the utter hypocrisy and duplicity of the Republicans, the two party system, and President Donald J. Trump. If they wanted to do a clean repeal, they could do it like they voted on in the past, but they refused to do so. Here's a, here's a piece from uh, shtfplan.com. Uh, I was posted on March 28th, pen name of the writer Jeremiah Johnson. The name of this piece was Political Parties Are an Illusion Designed to Relegate the Governed to a Position Barely Above That of Cattle. And I'm going to read from part of the piece, not the whole thing, but he had some uh, he had some interesting uh, some interesting observations as far as how uh, Obamacare and healthcare how this ties into the control mechanism about how the two party system two party uh, duopoly the powers that be you call them the power elite that's in the world order why it's crucial for them to get their hands around the neck of healthcare why it's important it says. What is at stake here is that the government must must have a foothold to carry out intrusive acts in our lives. The vehicle is the requirement by law 
to have health care coverage, the so-called individual mandate. And if you remember, if uh, if you followed the debate at the time, it had come out after the fact. Uh, when there were two main architects, there were two main plans in place. You had Gruber with Obamacare, who pushed the individual mandate, and you had Ezekiel Manuel, who was uh, Obama's first chief of staff, Ron Manuel's brother, medical doctor, Ezekiel Manuel, and he wanted to immediately go to a single-payer system. Gruber won that battle, and Gruber, I think, was more astute because he realized the people, you had, they, they basically is the frog in the kettle, in other words. That frog in the kettle gets in, he goes in the kettle when the water is just at what, room temperature. You slowly heat it up, he doesn't realize it until he's dead. But if you throw him in when it's boiling, he's going to jump right out. The people have to think that Obamacare is good. And think that, of all the things to be said about Obamacare, just park on this. If it really, two things, number one, if the individual mandate would help people, philosophically it's perverse because it's saying the government has to protect us from ourselves. How am I or you or anyone else, if you can't afford health insurance, how are you more healthy by paying money to the federal government? How, how are you more healthy? It, 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 it's just, it's impossible. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. Secondly, uh, not only not only philosophically, not only can the government can't protect us from ourselves, you're not more healthy by paying the government uh, those fines for not having health care. But if it was affordable, and it's not, never was, if the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was affordable, how or why would they need subsidies? You see what I'm saying? How could a system think about the absurdity of this, and again, how perverse Obamacare was, if it truly made health care more affordable, and I didn't pull up the video that that was, that was hilarious when Obama, Obamacare said, uh, when Obamacare gets through, Obama said when it gets passed, you'll be, paying, uh, you'll be paying less than what you pay for each month for, for uh, your cell phone bill. <laughs> Why would you need subsidies? Okay, you see, what they do, again, it's all, it's all misdirection. What they do is always, is always misdirection in uh in DC. So I'm going to get back to that article. Give me a moment. You are listening to the KIRP radio show. Get to bed. I get the story book. K-I-R-P. Radio! I'm talking about the, the, utter, the utter contradiction of Obamacare, the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act. But this piece, uh, this piece by pen name Jeremiah Johnson, shtfplan.com, very, very interesting. We talked about how health care was key to you know, the expansion of the state over area of our lives. We'll get back to that piece. Uh, what is at stake here is that the government must must have a foothold to carry out intrusive acts in our lives. The vehicle is a requirement by law to have, to have health care coverage. For more than 100 years, health care coverage required by law was the goal, and they will not absolutely not relinquish that control now that they have it. They must have the ability to demand 
that we have in order to control our money, our occupations, our children, and our lives. Remember, those, and I won't say the word he used, those people in D.C. exempted themselves from requirements to have it. Think, park on that, too. I talked about the fact that if, if, if the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act was legitimate, how is anyone better off by being forced to pay a penalty to the government, if you will, for not having health care, if they can't afford health care? How does that make them healthier? And if it was affordable, why would they need zero dollars in subsidies? See, the whole, the whole, it was a colossal lie. And the fact, once again, the Republicans refused to, to get to have a clean repeal like they voted at least six times just shows the sheer and utter hypocrisy. Let me park, too, uh, for a moment. Uh, let me look at another piece here as far as how much money was involved, how much money the government has raked in on the penalties for people not having Obamacare. This was covered by the Washington Free Beacon. So that's a decent publication. Come out with a lot of interesting stuff and some nice videos, too. Washington Free Beacon uh, posted this piece a few days ago, March 28th. Quote, name of the title was, title of the article was, 6.5 million taxpayers paid $3 billion in Obamacare penalties in 2016. Did you get that? 6.5 million taxpayers paid $3 billion in Obamacare penalties in 2016. The penalties paid to the IRS nearly doubled since 2014. And let me quote from part of that piece. Approximately 6.5 million taxpayers paid $3 billion in Obamacare penalties for not having health insurance in 2016, according to preliminary data from the Internal Revenue Service Commissioner, John Koskinen. Beginning in 2014, the Affordable Care Act, and once again, it's not, it's the Unaffordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act's individual mandate required that Americans purchase health care coverage or pay a penalty to the IRS. While the number of taxpayers paying the penalty has declined since 2014, the total amount in penalties paid to the IRS has increased since then. And how that happened? Because they made it, once again, using the frog and the kettle analogy, they made it so that the penalty would get would go up each year. In 2014, individuals without insurance had to pay the greater penalty of either a flat fee of $95 or 1% of the household's adjusted gross income in excess of the threshold for mandatory tax filing. In 2016, those penalties increased to a flat fee of $695 or 2.5% of the adjusted gross income. <laughs> uh, let me go on with that piece. I see there's a caller. Give me a moment there, caller. I'll get right to you. In 2014, Koskinen's preliminary data showed that there were 7.5 million taxpayers who paid a total of $1.5 billion in Obamacare penalties. Final data from the IRS, however, showed those numbers increased, increased to 8.1 million taxpayers paying a total of $1.7 billion in Obamacare penalties. Koskinen's preliminary data from 2016 shows that there were 6.5 million taxpayers paying a total of $3 billion in Obamacare penalties, which is nearly double what the IRS collected in 2014. As, of, as in 2014, final IRS data may show an increase in these numbers when it is released. Hey, good evening. You are on the air. May I have your name and what state you're from, please? 
Hi, my name's Suzanne. I'm calling from Southern California. Thanks for listening. What's on your mind? Hi. Oh, well, I was just wondering, um, don't, wouldn't you think that no government being involved in our health care insurance be better? I mean, if we just repealed it and got rid of it altogether. Because, Absolutely. I, mean, I, I said that in the beginning. And then work on, I said that in the uh, beginning of the, the show. I was, I was, yeah, I said that in the beginning of the show. I was almost screaming. Yeah, I, I played a piece in the beginning of the show by uh, I keep uh, uh, stand up show guy you in Ohio. Were about <laughs> um, yeah. The Republicans and the, the them not you know repealing it and all of that. So I'm sorry, I came in in the middle. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more strongly. There's a guy, Jim Jordan. I played a piece, a video before Ryan had pulled the bill. Uh, Jim Jordan got out there and he, he basically said, "Look, uh, this is a Republican rep from in the House from Ohio," and he said, "We had voted on a clean repeal bill. We put it on Obama, Obama's desk and." Yeah, he viewed it. So he didn't use the words I said, like duplicity and hypocrisy. But he said, I'm just saying we should we should basically do the same thing. And Jordan's logic was this. And yeah, it was it was irrefutable. He says, the one thing the Republicans could unite on is we want to repeal Obamacare. So let's do the clean repeal. We had put it on, on Obama's desk before. Of course, they knew then because they were duplicitous. Obama would veto it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do mm-hmm. a clean repeal. And then we could debate. And, of course, I, I think they should do nothing. But the reason they don't do that again is because, number one, they're committed to it. They love the money. They love, like, that $3 billion. They love the money generates. They love the control over lives. There's, you know, mm-hmm. They want that control of their states. But also, uh, if they did that, then there would be a debate over what's in it. <laughs> and you had another guy, you had another rep from Alabama that basically said the same thing Jordan did. He passed a one, he floated a one sentence repeal. There was a clean repeal and said, Let, let's repeal it let's and then the, let's go back yeah. to all law. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I he was agree actually the first one to come out and mention Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, and you're absolutely correct. And, and, and people just can't see it. I think they're so focused on the fact that. Um, We've made this promise. This is the promise we ran on that we would repeal and replace, not just repeal. And all all the while, it should have, they should have just ran on the fact that it was going to be repeal, not replace. <laughs> and the whole replace now obligates yeah. them, as you said. They're committed. They're and so now their foot is in it, and now their yeah. whole reelection depends on it. <laughs> well, and so the idiots well, it, are going to try was... and put something together. They never, yeah. You know, they did the research I did. I could be wrong. Is that they, the, the they kept on saying they wanted to repeal Obamacare, and then I think the first person, the first person to float the phrase repeal and replace, was Willard Mitt Romney on the day the Supreme Court decided. They mystically said it was okay because it was a tax, and of course, you know, through Gruber, you probably remember that that was they knew it was a tax all along. They just deceived the people. So, the fact <laughs> that. The fact that they tied together to make it a package deal again, they're committed to it. I mean that that that's 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 the I mean that's that's the reality. A lot of people have voted for Trump and I was one of them and now I regret it. A lot of people don't want to admit that Trump owns this now and that he's tied himself to Ryan and Obamacare Light, as Rand Paul and Jim Jordan called it. Trump isn't attacking mm-hmm. he's not attacking Ryan and and, and the GOP establishment. He's ta- he's attacking the Freedom Caucus. Yeah, tr- Trump know. is part of the problem. Trump is part of the problem. <laughs> He's, well, 
and not to not to recur as I say regurgitate <laughs> talking points, but they did have a point I heard that he was being ill advised, which makes sense, and it's not an excuse because he's the ultimate deciding factor for himself or should be, and so you know taking this bad advice and not thinking for himself, yeah, he backed himself into the corner, and that's too bad because I think had he received good advice or at least these are the options of what you're looking at. Separate yourself and let Congress deal with it. And as far as the repeal, and just leave it alone. <laughs> don't don't well, don't open your mouth yeah, about it, anything else. Yeah, it, it, connecting I mean, yourself I, to I it. just I hear you. I, I just don't give Trump a pass for this reason. It's a really simple concept. In other words, you repeal it. We we all know the light of day is on this issue. In other words, depending upon how you count, there are at least six. There are at least six times the GOP Congress voted for a clean repeal, and then up to seven, over 70 times when you think about bills when they voted to defund it or weaken Obamacare. So for Trump to go on and attack the Freedom Caucus people, it's real simple. He could just say, let's go clean repeal. You put it on Obama's head. He could use the power of Twitter. <laughs> he could use the power of his office to get out there to be a stand-up but- guy and just say, let's do a clean repeal, and then we'll talk about it. But no, no, no. So – I really don't give him a pass I, on this that he's ill-advised because it's a really simple concept. You repeal it and I then agree with talk you. in the light of day. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but the, I, oh. I really, I really, it's it's that simple. I mean, they like to, they they like they manipulate us. There's a, there's a variety of tactics that they use in D.C. to manipulate he, us, and control us. But the beautiful thing about this about debate. Re- Go ahead. Replace those on the campaign trail, which that's. Basically, you know, where it started, it didn't start after he became president because he was talking about everybody will have health insurance, you know. And so the attachment to Ryan just was a a natural thing, unfortunately, you know, to his detriment, to Trump's detriment, that is, um, because he stuck his foot in it when he stuck his foot in his mouth (laughs) on the campaign trail. Sure, sure. But I'm just saying, if Trump, if Trump was a true, was a nationalist in, in the good sense of the word. I mean, because there's obviously a great thing about nationalism. There's, you know, there's a downside to nationalism. But if he was a true nationalist, America first guy, you'd just get out there and you'd say, okay, I, I'm gonna. You know, if he wasn't really on the side of Ryan and the others, okay, even though, yeah, you know, obviously he was all. Over, I, I agree. He was, he was, he was all over the place when he talked about, you know, getting Americans health care coverage. You know, he was. There's there's a few issues he was he was he didn't he didn't budge on like the non-interventionism which is you know really really important to me but the point is he could get out there now and he could have just said from day one we'll repeal it and then yeah and then uh, we'll get Americans coverage or whatever but no they make it a package deal because then there's no debate on what's in it I mean you remember the famous statement by Pelosi when she said we have to pass it to see what's in it remember that I do For I Obama, do and yeah. I agree to the okay. extent that the it's only three pages long. I read it myself, but it's not that it's not that humongous of a thing. But nevertheless, well, I well, agree with you. He should no, have just no, came no, out the, ori- and said, the original Obamacare. The original Obamacare. Oh, yeah, she said no. we have to pass it to find that. Way. And you had Republicans now yeah. saying the same thing that you know we, we have to pass. I mean that that was insane. So again, you know Trump's Trump Trump's exposed. I mean I I, I thought he was exposed on the campaign trail like that. I mean I I voted for him. Pence was an insider. I mean, Pence voted antithetically to all Trump's core issues. You know, Pence, if you know, probably knows for open borders. He was for amnesty. Uh, yeah, he was for these, you know, these free trade, these fake free trade deals. And then he chooses him as his VP. So, 
uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm glad at one, for one thing, though. This whole debacle further exposes that the two-party system is a scam. <laughs> I mean, the, the American people, the American voters know, or especially Republicans know, hey, these guys voted at least six times for a clean repeal when they knew it would get vetoed. And now when they have the opportunity, they complicate it. So that, that's mm-hmm. a good thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Who knows what we're going to get now? I'm, that's, I mean, this whole healthcare business should never, should never happen. I agree with you in the beginning, as far as the beginning goes, and, and that it's just a mess now. I mean, if they would have just stuck their nose out of that and stuck their nose in the area where it could help people, as far as being able to buy your prescriptions out of the country, but the FDA won't allow it. You know, you can get more, um, inexpensive prescriptions not have to pay sure. these high prices from, from the pharmaceuticals here and other, you know, areas where they could help in lowering those costs because of the taxes, that they're taxed. And so the, the cost savings ends up trickling down. I hate that trickle down economic thing, but in the sense that, you know, hopefully that would end up bringing our costs down here if people start going abroad <laughs> and ordering what no, they need no, so and, and it, everything it, else. It's a great but, point. It's a great point if, if the pharmaceuticals are the same, you know, eliminate those barriers. But the other thing they could do, I mentioned this before, and even someone like Michelle Bachman said this, very simple. They could also immediately eliminate any interstate barriers. In other words, right now, yeah. sell insurance. If they, if they pass the bill. I lost you. Hello? Hello? Can't hear you. I'm standing straight like, I'm gonna tell y'all a little something about my homie, right? This shit sunny, man. I don't know how y'all gonna take it, man. I mean, did she say that? That's what you probably gonna say. It's gonna be like, yo, did she say that? A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson, and it's the premise for this article. Now, when most people think about Liberalville, called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals had. People of all faiths, colors, and creed, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8-Tracks, the Wax CD, the iPod. Living in Liberalville is hard. Or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, action into words, a revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat. His desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixed tapes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see... 
the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares. So it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls as property values continue to fall. K-I-R-P Radio! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.